0: This is Ray Mack. And you're Kirchhoff. Welcome to Black Milkshake Comedy Podcast for our Halloween special, Creep It Real. Welcome to our
1: witchy month of Black Milkshake. And we have got
0: a spectacular show lined up for you. We've giggles and ghouls galore. Where else can you learn how to make fraudulent claims at the job centre and quiver with Halloween chills as Ray undergoes more emergency psychiatology? I'm looking forward
1: to that. And as it is the witching month, quite an appropriate addition to this month's show is Creep It Real. We've also got it Lost in Translation, True or False, plus Liam Neeson, and we will be checking out Russell Crowe, who's moved on unrecognizably since Gladiator. And we've got the Istanbul radio DJ Tim The Connector Hallam in with us chatting about joys of learning about music, Kenny Everett, and why we still need creative DJs, and a couple of scoops along the way, plus... A few spirits for what looks like another spectacular show, Yorma. Cheers. Cheers. Happy Halloween, pal. Lawler and Lawless, Solicitors at Law. Your first up and last word in legal counsel. When I got a medical swab stuck in my nasal cavity during a COVID test, I went straight to Lawler and Lawless. The swab is still stuck there, but I cannot afford retail therapy to deal with it.
0: While I had an accident due to my employer's negligence. I thought I'd never work again. Thanks to Lawler and Lawless, I don't have to. When I was falsely accused, Lawler and Lawless made sure that my checkered past was not an issue when they secured my acquittal. It's case closed with Lawler
1: and Lawless. Remember, negligence and discrimination are
0: everywhere, and they're paying out. Paris all us. Now you may remember that we had Liam Neeson in a few weeks ago telling us about an adventure that he had in Paris with two sweet old ladies that he met in a hotel. Well, we promised to play you more of that exclusive interview, so here we are. Well, I must say, Liam, it's hard to think now that we, we haven't spoken for 12 or 13 years. Since we met at that vegan festival in Texas, we're, we're getting on just like it was yesterday. There's some chemistry happening here, between all of us. Now, I was over in
1: Ireland recently. Travelling around on a van. Ah, yes. The good old passion wagon. It's, it's funny, I've just remembered. I was in the van, and I thought I saw you. Cycle in Dublin was, you know, like, dressed as a civil servant. Shirt
0: and tie, always crisply dressed, always saying good morning. That's vaguely reminiscent of that film you're in, Leon. Batman begins. I, I was meaning Michael Collins, but never mind. Um, now, I believe that while you were on the set of Taken 4 A New Hope recently, um, you met someone who changed you forever. Oh, yeah, yeah. I
1: wouldn't work with that bitch if she would. <laughs> I think that may be a different story, Liam. I was
0: meaning something more romantic. In fact, there's a, there's a wonderful uh, little, little anecdote, if you don't mind really me relating to him. And that's about Aphrodite. Meeting her changed you, didn't it? It did, Jimmy.
2: As regards giving me the work ethic, the discipline from an African prostitute, Aphrodite, this little tight, compact thriller. I'm just the king of the gods and formed, fashioned, created human beings for pleasure. My little playthings. <coughs> and then we gradually speed it up. How the hell do we
1: stop him? And then we do it blindfolded. Liam, I think I might have to stop you right there, pal. And talk about something a little bit more family-friendly. Oh, Ray, sorry.
2: I thought you were going to ask something else.
0: Listen, Liam, I, I know you normally bring your own sandwiches with you on set, but I, I didn't see your lunchbox today. The fox too. Real sorry to hear that, pal. Foxes, eh? Bushy-tailed little so-and-sos. By the way, Liam,
1: are you feeling a little bit hungry? We can probably get James Joyce's chef to rustle you up something.
2: I'm out of crackers and I'm gluten-free, so what I need you to do is go to a local gym and ask man to pee in your hands. Come on, what are you waiting for?
1: Bloody hell, right? Bloody hell indeed. We'll have to edit out most of the rude bits again.
2: Oh, he must be a neat house night Yeah, they all look like me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yoma's is lost in translation. I am sorry, my friend, but I do not know what the hell you are talking about. <laughs> And we've got a message in from Kylie from Melbourne in Australia explaining some of the difficulties that she had when she lived in a couple of different Arabic-speaking countries. In Egypt, she writes the word for zucchini is kosa, but when she moved to Lebanon, the word was pronounced differently, something more like kusa. and she continues that in her head, she knew the pronunciation was different, but mistakenly said kous, dropping the A, which unfortunately is the day-to-day word for female genitalia. What she didn't realise at the time was that every time she called the rather conservative and shy doorman to get the groceries, she was actually ordering a kilo of what she describes as you-know-what instead of a kilo of zucchini. And what made this worse was Kylie did this every day for a year and didn't understand the reason why he paused awkwardly and wouldn't quite make eye contact with her until... A Lebanese person explained it to her. Thanks very much for that, Kylie. Oh, God. (laughs) How embarrassing.
2: This is Mark from Brighton, and I listen to the podcast every month on Apple. The jokes, the atmosphere, it's like being in the pub, except from your own home.
1: Remember, listeners, if you like us, leave a five-star review on Apple and drop us a line on
0: Twitter and Instagram. Seriously, drop us a line. We've got listeners in America, Sweden, and all kinds of places in towns and cities that we've never heard of. Get in touch. You're a friend of the show. We don't bite, even at Halloween. Spoken <laughs> like a true man. And we've got a very special guest with us today. We've got Tim Hallam, uh, the presenter of Connections on Arctic
2: Radio. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, I don't know whether to say good afternoon, good evening, or good night. Cause it's a podcast.
0: Yeah, I know. I think I think we can be realistic about this. It is a miserable afternoon, isn't it? It's, it's horrible. I mean, it was. It was like twenty nine degrees yesterday. Yeah, it was. I was out in the sea. Probably the last time of the year. But so it's great to have you on here.
2: Do you want to tell the people at home just a little bit about what it is that you do? Well, i have got a radio program called Connections. but it's weird to be talking about it. I'm normally. Uh... <laughs> In it, well, you can find us on Attic Radio, world's greatest radio station. So it's ACIK. Radio is R A D Y O, Turkish spelling, atticradio.com. Uh, and it goes out every Saturday at six o'clock. Or there's a podcast uh, that I put on Tinternet. Uh, if you go on to hear this, I am called The Connector because I suppose I connect things. And as far as I know, there's only one of me. And there's all my shows on there that go back to about 2017, I think, or something like that. But the the show itself has been going now for I think 13 years. Yeah, wow. Well, so I'm assuming
0: that when you when you started off, th- this was being done as an FM radio program rather
2: than internet radio. Yeah, I mean, it, we were on the internet. It was it was kind of the the um, the heyday of internet radio, probably right. Uh, but we yeah. We were going off for mainly FM. At that time, um it was broadcasting from an old building in Harbiet and there used to be a problem with the aerial antenna on the roof. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a five story building. It used to be six, but that was another story. Um <laughs> uh, this thing was sort of teetering on top of the roof, and sometimes I think the with the wind blew in a certain direction, and the reception used to be notoriously um iffy. And you can hear more from that interview with Tim Hallam
0: later on in the show. And now for something completely different. Libra. September 23rd to October 22nd. Many people think that Libra is the plummeting currency of Turkey, but actually it's a very cool star sign. While it wouldn't be fair of me to say that Libra is the best star sign, it's up there in the top 12 along with Porus, Vegetarians, Vertigo. What do you say that, hanzi Because I'm a Librian myself. El libre is an air sign represented by the scales. Not the kind that your mum throws out of the bathroom every January, but the small balance that guys called Sipo have in a kitchen drawer when you go around to score some uh, a, a dagger. Uh, th- th- this means that you always get the right weight for your money and librans are a bit like that too. A dagger, is that what I think it is? We- we'll have complaints. No, 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 I'm I'm not referring to cannabis in any way, Mr. Yorma. I will, I will continue. Uh, th- they like uh, balance and, and harmony, and they're often considered to be the, uh, as, as, as the athletes of the Zodiac. I, I didn't know what an athlete meant, but my Uncle James, the producer, says that it means someone who appreciates beauty and the fine things in life. Asti, you fool. Uh, speaking of beauty and the fine things, uh, Kim Kardashian is a is a Libra. I'm sure that you agree, she has a lot of balance. Uh, there are many other Libras, including Bruce Springsteen, the, that old guy, uh, Serena Williams, and some rapper with stupid tattoos on his face. It's funny because it says here, Libra is ruled by Venus. It's funny then that Serena Williams won 24 more trophies than her more feminine sister. Watch it now,
1: Z. You can't say things like that, pal, about women on the radio anymore. We'll have to cut that out. You are, Maggie, hear me? Why do we have mon anywhere for God's sake?
0: Sorry, Mr. Ray. Anyway, uh, Venus directs all Librans and not only her sister towards love, beauty, money and high art. That's funny because my cousin Elizabeth is a Libra and she's very pretty and was expelled from college according to the university dean for using university property for the manufacture, commercial and immoral photographic content. All this legal mumba-jumba, but she later told us she was making a kind of art film and posing for bongo mags. Anyway, she didn't get prosecuted because she was close friends with Judge Zonda and he let her off.
2: Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Makirko. Uh, I think I left me sponge when I was cleaning the studio before. Gentlemen, time please. Do your talking whilst you're walking. Oh, is this Mr. Onzi? Ouch. Goodbye, possums.
0: This is Dave Medner-Everidge speaking from Wagga Wagga in Australia. I love to follow Ray and Yorma on Facebook. Don't worry about punctuation and capital letters. Just type Black Milkshake the Pubcast, darlings, without writing the darlings. By the way, please tell a friend to listen on Spotify and Apple. Follow the boys, darlings. Your pubcast needs you. Bye, possums. I suppose really that the name connections makes an awful lot of sense, doesn't it, in terms of what you do? There's a theme, isn't there, every week?
2: There is. I mean, the show has metamorphosized over those 13 years. And what it, it started off as a little bit like your man Ray, you know, he does these uh, pop quiz on mm-hmm. your know, own podcast. I've I, I got similar trivia in my head to that. Uh-huh. Um, 30 years ago now, there was a program on BBC called um, Rock Family Trees. Yeah, I remember that. For example, Fleetwood Mac, where you've got, I think it's about 11, 12, 13 different lineups of Fleetwood Mac. Each one has got its own scene. Yeah, there's like the London or, you know, the British blues boom that was in the late 60s. And then Bob Welsh came in the mid-70s or early to mid-70s and sort of Stevie and Lindsay came. And just even that all those different people were coming out of different groups. And so you'd have this family tree of where, you know, the, the group had sort of come from. Yeah. Well, I knew a lot of rock, uh, some music trivia, mainly from, I would guess, the 60s through to about the early 80s. I kind of stopped after about 1980. But, you know, as time went on, I get sort of drag kicking and screaming into the 90s these days. Very modern. Look at me, check me out. And so... it. What it was was like a musical jigsaw puzzle. Let's say I started with the Beatles and I'd find, I think in the very first show I did, it was like the Beatles to Michael Jackson. It was that Quincy Jones had picked up an Oscar for Let It Be because the Beatles had broken up in 1970 quincy jones produced or he was around michael jackson's off the wall album he certainly did some of the orchestration i think on it that was a connection to michael jackson then michael jackson jackson five but it went on like that and then finished again with the beatles so there's like this zen thing to it that you start with one artist and then you finish with another one
0: yeah 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 actually it's quite quite fitting really because uh Ray and I had a difference of opinion about the Beatles and Michael Jackson on our very last show. Um, so it's brilliant that you mentioned that.
2: celebrity true or false? You can't handle the truth.
1: Last month was a bit of a thriller, Jimster. Yes, it was indeed. So we're going to try to avoid it today. Okay, friend, full steam ahead. Ringo Starr was the first narrator for Thomas the Tank Engine. True or false, Jimster? Um, It was
0: definitely a guy from Liverpool who did it. And my feeling is that it was the guy from Boys from the Black Stuff, the guy who played Chrissy Michelangelo, had a very, very similar voice to uh, Ringo Starr. And, you know, they, they both kind of spoke in this very nasal Liverpool artist and poet's, way of speaking that nobody from Liverpool would speak that way today except maybe Paul McCartney or Ringo Starr Um, I think Ringo Starr took over from him so Uh, I'm going to go for false but it's a borderline one yeah it's true Jimmy Sir Richard it's true it is a borderline one yeah Yeah, it's true it's a
1: borderline (laughs) am I wrong (laughs) he did the voiceover work for the show from 84 to 86 Jimster did he really? I didn't even know it was on then. Okay. I was right. i was going to say good skills and that you were right on track. Uh-huh. Well, I won't. No <laughs> <laughs> but, uh-huh. oh, look, got three more to go, yeah?
0: Yeah. Are you feeling I, confident enough today? I'm all right about that one. But to be honest, that was a very valiant effort. You know, I, I gave you the oh. background information. I did everything. I did a damn good impression of them. Yeah, and and I don't feel it. I was cheated in any way by that question. So please continue. You, you trade well for that. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino
1: got his big break on the '80s sitcom Cheers as an Elvis impersonator. True
0: or false? No, I didn't really know anything about Tarantino as a um, as an actor. i purely be a guess on that one. I mean, I've seen him making cameo appearances in his own films. Uh, I'm trying to think, Cheers would have been what late '80s. And sorry, probably early. came out with reservoir dogs in the early ages. Yeah, yeah, 92, 91. 92. <laughs> um, you got to become famous somehow, haven't you? Uh, I'm gonna go for a false, you lucky, lucky boy. <laughs> it's false. <laughs> <laughs> I... yeah, I
1: just had a thick <laughs> point. Yeah, actually, it was. The Golden Girls, not Cheers.
0: So they played an Elvis
1: impersonator. <laughs> yeah, but uh, seriously, he did do a, an Elvis impersonator, but it was in The Golden Girls. All right, okay. Yeah, a little bit of useless information on mm. old Quentin. He worked in a video rental store located in Manhattan Beach, California, and the rest, as we say, is history, Jimmy. Mm, yes. Just out of curiosity, uh, what was your favourite work by Tarantino? Or I've got a a sneaky feeling you don't even like the guy. Uh,
0: That's not exactly true. Uh, We kind of talked about that, uh, didn't we, when we were on Tim Hallam's show. Uh, That's the kind of vibe I got off you, that you weren't... No, I um, didn't particularly like Reservoir Dogs. Um, Too violent for me. When I saw Natural Born Killers, that was just... Even more, I walked out of the cinema for that one. However, I love Pulp Fiction. I thought that was a superb film. And I'm trying to think, what other things have I seen of his? Um, I mean, Pulp Fiction's one of those that you're going to remember for the rest of your life. Plus the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was phenomenal. Um, I'm trying to think, what was that one about the God? It was really weird. It was I think Madonna was in it. It was about a hotel with lots of rooms in it. Oh, yeah. And there was a weird story going on in every room. I thought that was fantastic. Uh it's got a call. Faulty, Faulty Towers. Towers. Faulty
1: Towers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's let's get away. Let's let's get away from Tarantino. Um, uh, favorites, as because we had mentioned a sitcom, there, Golden Girls, and we had mentioned uh, Cheers. Mm-hmm. What would have been your favorite eighties sitcom, Gemster?
2: Um, do you
1: want me to go first? Yeah, go on. You tell us. For me, it would have been definitely Blackadder mm-hmm.
0: and Mash. Oh, my wife
1: loved Mash. Jimmy, uh, for uh, an extra point, and we'll we'll uh, ditch the first question of true and false. Can I can I
0: answer the sitcom question yeah.
1: first? for mash, mash, mash. What All does right.
0: it stand for? Oh, um, so the H is a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I bet the M is military, and um, God, I have no idea. Mobile Army Surgical hospital Uh, yeah 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 the a that makes sense doesn't it definitely yeah i think sitcom from the 80s yeah i love black adder i had all those um on vhs uh fools and horses a very different vibe but i mean that was something that that i love i love both of those i mean you know the black adder one i think when the very well the tragedy of the first world war series in general i think will always stick with me but i think F- uh, fools and horses was great because it had something for absolutely everybody uh, and yeah. blackadder was for it, it excluded some people because you needed to be semi-bright to watch it but fools and horses had something for anyone it's great great comedy great timing great writing great characterization my nana used to watch it she loved it but she didn't even realize it was a comedy she thought it was a drama Uh, because she had no sense of humour at all, but there was enough writing there that she could enjoy it.
1: (laughs) Uh, Question number three. Uh, It's associated with Halloween, Jimmy, Mm. Uh, especially cats. Cats are associated with Halloween, especially black ones. So question three. The oldest domestic cat on record was
0: 36 years old. True or false? Um, Domestic cat. Domestic cat, domestic cat. I think I've got a couple of friends who've got cats are approaching 20. Um, sadly, the millions of street cats in Turkey rarely make it past two and a half years. Um, uh, 36 seems incredibly old. Too old for me. I, I don't think it is, no. I think that's false. I'd say about 20. It's false. It's not 36
1: years old. It's 38 years old. Serious? Is, yeah cat was named Creme Puff lived in Austin Texas she lived for a total of 38 years and just by a whisker Jimmy three days and don't ask me how (laughs) don't ask me how she did it my goodness 38 eh? I I was thinking it had to be less than that but well final question Jimmy uh, and we're still on the theme of uh, the uh, creature feature Halloween month
0: Bats always turn right when leaving a cave. Mm. It's like one of those questions about sheep, isn't it? You know, they they say that uh, sheep and all wool-bearing animals instinctively head north. Uh, <laughs> so, why would... Bats a, always turn right when leaving a cave. Sheep always go north. Uh, <laughs> let me think. Uh, I mean, they, they, you never see bats going quite in a straight line. They always yeah, seem to be... Ir- they? Always, they, they always here's they, the thing, because you have bats in every country, right? So if they were to go right out of a cave every time, that would be like water, if you think about it. Because if you... You know, the water, the way it goes round in the sink in the Northern Hemisphere is the opposite of in the Southern Hemisphere. And as you have bats in every country, I'm sure if they went right in Sweden... They'd probably be going left in somewhere like South Africa. Good ask Conzi. Uh false. False. God, you were <laughs> really lucky today.
1: That wasn't lucky. Oh, yeah, they all <laughs> <laughs> They always turn they always turn left. Always turn left. They always turn left when they <laughs> leave a cave. I never knew that actually until I um sp- Google did. <laughs> 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 so how many did i get right, let's go back i think you got one wrong and you got three so you're back you're back mm-hmm. in the game i'm back i'm back okay Getting me back with a video. Yeah, excellent skills ding dong you're not wrong <laughs>
2: I'm thinking you the a little bit of a little bit of of a little of a little bit of a little bit of of
1: People have been making jack o' lanterns at Halloween for centuries, Jimster. The practice originated from the Irish myth about a bloke named Stingy Jack. According to the story, Stingy Jack invited the Dibble to have a few scoops with him down in his local juicer. True to his name, Jack didn't want to pay for his drink, as usual, so he convinced the Dibble to turn himself into a coin that Jack would use to buy all the drinks. Once the Dibble did so, Jack the Sneaky Little Bollocks decided to keep all the money and put it in his pocket, but next to a silver cross, which prevented the devil from changing back into his original form. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Jimmy, as a great Irish philosopher, (laughs) once quoted to you, me, myself and I, sure look it, no one likes someone first in the door and last at the bar, Indeed, man with long pockets. (laughs) And short hands. (laughs) Oh, speaking about the Irish jet star, Bram Stoker from Dublin celebrated for his 1897 Gothic horror, Dracula. He certainly put a bite into Halloween, didn't he, Jimster? He
0: did. Dracula had soil imported from not too far away from here, actually, Varna in Bulgaria, which is probably 300 kilometers from here. And apparently that was where the soil that was taken to Whitby Abbey to help Dracula. You're out a lot of sleep. That's where he got it from, yeah. The boat from Varna to Whitby, I think.
1: I never knew that. Good yes. skills.
0: Mm-hmm. Back to those jack-o'-lanterns. They they weren't made of
1: uh, pumpkins back in Ireland than those. Mm-hmm. They were made of suede, potatoes,
0: or even beets. Yeah. I mean, I, I was used to turnip carving as a kid. Much, much harder, aren't they? Much, much harder to carve a turnip or a sweet. Because you've really got to get everything out of it rather than a pumpkin, which is... Big fruit, isn't it, really? I mean,
1: what's the challenge in that? Both jack-o'-lanterns, by the way, are meant to scare away Stingy Jack and all the other spirits that are said to be walking on Earth on that particular night.
0: I was just going to say, do we know why the spirits are walking on that particular night, Ray? No, but you're going to tell me now one second, no one I want to say.
1: It wasn't until the Irish tradition was brought to the United States by immigrants that pumpkins were used for jack-o'-lanterns.
0: I know the Irish love to claim that Halloween is theirs, but it did come to America from Irish and Scottish immigrants, though. But, I mean, the Scots claim it's theirs. But, frankly, it was celebrated before Christianity and much of Europe. The word in Ireland and Scotland, I think it pronounced Samhain, isn't it, for, for Halloween? It was connected to the Harvest Festival. October 31st was the night when the old year ended and the new year began and um, what people used to do is that was when all the harvest was collected so what you had on october 31st was to keep you through the winter which was the start of the new year and it was believed that as one year ended and another one started that this was when the gap between the living and the dead the doors between this earth and the next life opened and it was also thought that the spirits walked amongst us. People, in, in order to protect themselves, they started to dress as ghosts and ghoulies and will-o'-the-wisps and things like that to avoid the spirits damaging the crops. So, so the whole Halloween thing, they're putting the, the jack-o'-lanterns and things in the windows, was to ward the spirits away, to say, we, we're already haunted here. Please don't damage our crops. In Ireland, do you do, do, you do what what they call in Scotland uh, duking for apples or uh, apple bobbing, I think it might also be? Ah, oh, uh, bobbing yeah bobbing and weaving yeah i don't know what that tradition is about but um but definitely um irish and scottish Im- immigrants took it to america and the americans sort of sugarcoated it didn't they but what what was interesting i think with halloween is that i don't know if you knew this ray but the church was so concerned that halloween was such a big thing in the northwestern islands of europe that uh, they changed all saints day to november the first and that's the reason why all hallows i mean the, the word halloween is a scots word means the night before all hallows day and the church moved that i think it was from july so that they could pretend that october 31st halloween was actually part of the religious tradition uh which is not it's the it's the opposite but they wanted to to get rid of it and i think the traditions i think this is where the idea that ireland and scotland invented this thing is because Ireland and Scotland were about as far away as you could get from the Vatican, it was much harder for them to impose their rules, and I think some of the traditions stayed a bit longer than they did in places like France or England, where Halloween had been a really strong thing before. Of course, the Americans got it, repackaged it, and sold it back to us and pretty much everyone else in the world, which is really quite odd, isn't it? Wanted dead or alive shakers we are always on the lookout for guests who have anything interesting to promote we are looking for people to sponsor our show we're looking for people to write in especially for the austin translation section but most of all shakers you just wanted. and let's go back to tim hallam so what can the listeners expect to to hear in this? I mean, we, okay, we're talking about musical connections. We're talking about
2: 60s, 70s, maybe early 80s music. Well, Jim, over the last 13 years, the program, as you can imagine, has kind of metamorphosized beyond anything I first cooked up. Because when I first had that format, I had 26 shows. And I was thinking, "How am I going to film 26 shows. Not quite my voice, but um, you know, something, something around that. And then we had another season and we had another season. And at some point I started to get guests on and they would come with different songs. And that might be different to my format. So you need to sort of fit in with with, with that as well. And we would we would find connections between those songs. And as time went by, um I I've idolized Kenny Everett. Do you remember him? Very well. I idolise Kenny
0: Everett. And If um, we've got any people um, who are listening from outside of the UK or Ireland who or who are far younger than we have, Kenny Everett was a creative lunatic who probably revolutionised radio. He sort of married radio and comedy, didn't he? Absolutely. Not, not literally, of course. Yeah. I mean, what
2: what he did was fantastic because he got, in those days, it was those big old reel-to-reel tape recorders mm-hmm. and he would know just how, just enough Speed to get his voice to a certain pitch, and he would make a whole orchestra of his own voice, and things like that. Absolutely, you know, sketches and stuff like that. And I mean, we've got lots of electronic goodies. I mean, you you know that, like audacity, oh. that we can do things with these days. But um, I mean, he's he's my kind of inspiration. I think uh-huh. over time, I sort of thought, well, what if I have a soap opera in the middle of the show? That's uh-huh. a bit weird. Soap operas just popping up in the middle of the show, It's like filmage. whatever. We would have thunk it. Um, so that that became a thing, um, and then we have the pandemic, of course, and the show went from being live to us having to or having to record it at home. And I think mm-hmm. in, in the pandemic, there were lots of little voices in my head that needed to get out of various different uh, frequencies. Some sort of female characters like this. And there's this bloke, I haven't actually given him a name, but he's very sort of, I don't know where he lives, but he he goes out a lot of people's houses and looks what's in their fridges and things. And he's always walking along the beach for some reason. And so the show became this kind of thread of consciousness. So the connection thing is still there, but it's a case of whether it's connected by a theme, whether it's connected by the artists themselves that are on the show, or by these lunatics that come out of my head. And we'll take a short break there and go over to the Job Centre in Liverpool where we've got some exclusive footage
0: provided for us by our friends Hackett Technologies. And remember, what we do in life echoes in eternity. Well, I I'm here to sign on. Have you done any work in the last 14 days, Mr Quinn? Absolutely not. No we. For I am a job seeker, seeking my allowance. Indeed. It's just that there appear to be one or two inconsistencies in your file. Hey, I've never had any incontinence, you cheeky guess. Yes, Max? Alright, he's here with me now. Uh Uh-huh. Lollipop, you say? Okay. Bathtub? Yeah, I'll I'll bring him up. Look, I'd love to stop for a natter and all that, and a copper, but I've got to get to my physiotherapy. My superior would like to see you. This way, please. Please take a seat, Mr. Quim. What's your name?
2: Caesar Quim. And every when you when you're on. My name is Maximus Testimus Meridius. Why are you here? I've no idea, mate. Right? I just want me money so I can get down the public health centre. You know, for the physio life. There appears
0: to have been a report filed about Mr. Quim walking about his neighbourhood, carrying a bathtub. I see. Now... Can we confirm that you're currently not in any form of employment, paid or unpaid? No way, no. See this bad back? I'm unemployable anyway, mate. One of your neighbours has accused you of being a benefit cheat. Eh? You were seen on the 16th carrying a bathtub on your back down Nykanda Road before putting it in a van. I will not believe. Well, okay. The physio told me to carry a tosterity for my bad back. Is your wife currently claiming benefits? Yeah, she is. Where is she between the hours of 8am and 9am and 3pm until 4pm on work days, Mr. Quim? Maybe these pictures will help jog your memory. I had no idea my wife was working.
1: How would I notice her leaving the house twice a day in a fluorescent yellow jacket,
2: carrying a stop chill and sign? Hey... Caesar, I think you have a talent for survival. We've been watching you. You rotten sods. I'm in for? Two years, 264 days, this morning. Are you going to stop me benefits? We have every right to do that. You are a plumber. What would you have me do, Caesar? Come on, mate. Give me another chance. Caesar, 5,000 of my men
1: are out there in the freezing mud. We 20 soldiers to one shitter. How much will you give me? You will see you not know, I'm not sure clean water can be found anywhere near here. Imagine be able to install 900
0: portals? Could you build me an aqueduct? Are you serious? Yes, I am completely serious about that. But well, your discretion is required. Do not speak to any contractors.
2: Understood? Yeah, yeah, okay. I just need to know if I'm family's going to be okay. So no communication from, um, McAlpine. Okay. And I hear you have a son. Yeah, Little Caesar. In three weeks from now, this will win your freedom. All right, what's your address, mate? My house is... The hills, Bob, hello. We need to bring water. Plumber, build me an aqueduct. I will have my vengeance, in this life or the next. And from unemployed
0: records to vinyl records. Tim, one thing that you do that I find interesting is that uh, you start off the show as yourself. I do, yeah. And uh, and talk um, between records, often in character, don't you? And... Usually you give your little spiel and then there's some little subtle pun at the end of it.
2: Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of uh, dad comedy, for sure. Um, (laughs) There's always a sort of play on words. Which singer is named after an English town? Is it A, London, B, York? Yeah, it's B, York,
0: yeah. I remember. Um, You are, to my knowledge, uh, with the exception of us, the only non-news... English language broadcaster
2: in the huge city of Istanbul. Is this correct? Yeah, we keep away from what's going on because it's too depressing, Mm (laughs) folks. We have the occasional tribute, you know, if somebody's passed away or something like that. But um, yeah, don't really uh, comment on what's going on because I think people can work that out for themselves. What well, they can do and the other thing too is that uh,
0: keep things timeless you know somebody this is the nature of podcasts people might not listen to them the day that they come out they might find them a year later so what's topical then is is completely irrelevant isn't it at that point Tim Hallam will be back after a short nonsensical
2: interlude they hunt the country's worst twisted villains. oh that's that's Aha! All right, John! They're arrest! All wanted on a
1: charge of robin, 49 shops, 3 factories, a warehouse and a bank. What do you got to say? We've been waiting for you to try and snatch that wagon, now we've the act. You'd better come quietly.
0: Criminal Minds BS. Hello, hello, hello. Now then, now then, what have we here? Raymond Anthony Joseph McAndrew, you are under arrest for heinous crimes against common decency. You do not have to say anything, but it may harm your defense if, when questioned, you fail to say something you later rely on in court. (laughs) Don't worry, Ray. I I can get you off probably if you agree to just a little bit of Dr. Brutus Himmler Institute psychiatrical profiling. How does that sound? (laughs) Now, just to help us get to know you a little better, we would like you to answer which of the following crimes you or a family member have committed. Okay? Remember, false answers will be reported to the Job Center and Maximus will cut your benefits. Okay? So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, we're ready. These are which crimes you or your family have committed. Okay. A... Exposing your buttock cheeks to a female police officer in a Ford Fiesta in a quiet suburban street in South Liverpool because she thought her car was a taxi carrying some of your mates. B. Being rudely awoken on a park bench by a German policeman, spending the night in a cell and then skipping the country without paying the fine. C. C. Stealing a pumpkin from a hungry child that was so poor he intended to convert the pumpkin into a bedroom after Halloween had finished. Or D, masterminding a special military operation against a neighboring sovereign nation. Or E, you have temporary amnesia and cannot remember doing any or all of these things. <laughs> <laughs> You're having a laugh, Sharon. Now, uh, think think carefully about this uh because your benefits are on the line okay they're coming down hard on people like you at the moment so if you plead amnesia we still need to know which one you think would be the one that you would like to do the most if you had to okay i'm going to go for e so you, you're, you're claiming temporary amnesia. Okay. So that automatically forces you into the, the theoretical area where you have to say which one of those crimes you would most like to commit. So just to run over that again, um, exposing your bottom cheeks to a female police officer. Um, I'm going to go for that. You don't need to go through the rest of them. Really? I would do probably something like that. Okay. Quite, interesting. Quite interesting. Okay. Uh, so just to clarify... German policeman skipping the country no? Rob- no robbing a child of its pumpkin at home and invading That's Ukraine quite possible quite possible which one the pumpkin or the invading Ukraine thing
1: no no definitely not the invading
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> so you answered a okay this means, according to the Dr. Brutus Himmler Institute of Psychiatological Profiling, that you actually probably don't need to go to prison. But this means, as you answered today, that you are not the world's biggest criminal, but almost certainly have a uniform fetish and want your wife to dress up as a traffic warden. <laughs> God, he's uncanny, this Dr. Brutus Himmler, isn't he? Absolutely. <laughs> You're you're obviously very passionate about it, and it reminds me, listening to your show, very much of how you used to research music before. There was the internet and, you know, going into town every Saturday and looking up things in the Guinness uh, Book of Singles and things like that. Um, Going into the library and listening to things, going in all the secondhand shops. Very different than, you know, when YouTube or something predicts what you might like next or, you know, you collect all your downloads and you listen to the songs, but you don't listen to the albums of the way that you used to. So I think it's really nice. It's retro. Is there anything that you would like to say that you've not mentioned?
2: I think uh, just keep music real. Um, I think that, um, as, as we said, there was this golden era. I'm, I'm, you remember it, and you mentioned it. I mean, just picture this, folks. I guess if you're under 35, you probably won't remember the situation where if you wanted to hear something, you had to either buy it as a record, mm-hmm. or you had to find somebody's big brother or sister that had got that record and tape it for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. What an amazing era that was mm-hmm. that That joy of going into a record shop and seeing something that you, you'd you never heard because you've got no way of listening to it the, there's no music streaming no nothing mm-hmm. wow and just what your imagination does when you're driving home with that record it's mm-hmm. incredible there's mm-hmm. not enough mm-hmm. of that now keep music real is what i would say
0: i don't know i th- I, I think that music had more significance then in a lot of ways i think it was more a cultural expression i mean if you look at say the. The 1960s. All right, you look at the way the people dressed, the way that the Beatles dressed in the early days, compared to how they were dressing later. And the 60s sound most definitely evolved. But as soon as the 70s started, I think the main thing to do was not to sound anything like anything that had come in the 60s.
2: Reject the previous decade, and I think at, by about 2000, that had all stopped. Well, there's always the thing that I've always found interesting. I mean, when I fa- when I first started Connections, I thought. I know quite a little, a little bit about pop music, and I've learned it's like it's like doing a doctorate in pop music. Really, oh. doing you white know, like connections because you you learn so much, and what you actually learn is how little you actually know. So, really, I mean, over thirteen odd years, you know, people say God, he must know everything, and I, I don't. Every week, I find some oh. or some band that I've never bloody heard of. Because the other thing now is you, you mentioned the sort of. Um, Sameness, I think, of uh, the way that people put stuff on the radio, especially music radio, is that you get these shows nowadays where there's no DJ. You get uh-huh. like three songs, then you get a commercial break, then you get another three songs. Uh-huh. And I think, what's the point? I think it's nice to have something, I don't know, some syrupy goo between all the songs that sort of holds it together and makes it slightly more. Yeah, yeah. Free. I think think it
0: definitely is, and certainly, you know, when we were younger, there were some very interesting presenters around. When when I actually found out how a radio station works, um, I found it very depressing that commercial radio, certainly in the UK, but I think everywhere, really, um, how scripted it is, and that the, the DJ is given a printed piece of paper from an office somewhere in London, which says, 10.04, say the Cadbury's Cream Egg advert, comment about Britney Spears... And I had no idea that there was so little creativity in it, because I'd I'd always thought when I was younger, and I think it did, particularly with the BBC and very, very small independent stations, the DJs were picking the music and influencing. Commercial radio had just got to the point where, you know, you just had to make sure that you played it five times a day. And I'd be in the... um, the new studio doing doing my thing, and I would actually just switch off the talk shit FM that was going on in the <laughs> because I'd heard it all before. But it's so all good. Vlad Milkshake, best posts of the week.
1: Shakers post of the month comes in from Hadijay Dalagan. Gifts for mother. Three sons left home, went out on their own and prospered. They discussed gifts that they were able to give to their elderly mum. The first said, I built a big house for our mother. The second said, I sent her a Mercedes with a driver. The third said, you remember how mum enjoys reading the Bible. Now she can't see very well. So I sent her a remarkable parrot that recites the entire Bible. It took elders in the church 12 years to teach him. Mama just has to name the chapter and verse and the parrot recites it. Soon thereafter, their mother sent out letters of thanks. Milton, she said, the house you built is so big. I live only in one room, and I have to clean the whole house. Gerard, she says, I'm too old to travel. I stay most of the time at home, so I rarely even use the Mercedes, and the driver is so rude. He's a bit of a gobshite. But Donald, my little Donald, she said, the little chicken you sent. What's delicious? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. It actually leads on to, to something I was just going to say there, because I think I should have won uh, the post of the <laughs> month this month. I think I posted on there that somebody said, What's it like living in Turkey? And I commented, um, One of the things I can't stand about Christmas dinner in the Balkans is that there's too much grease in the Turkey. And everything is served with Bulgaria. i <laughs> I only got one like for that. What's wrong with people? <laughs> I don't know. But I have no idea Jemstrom. Oh
1: suit you suit you, sir. Oh. Shakers keeps sending posts into a uh,
0: Blackmail Shake on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And remember, if you've enjoyed the show, please tell a friend. Thanks very much to Tim Hallam, Bob Hennigan, Lola and Lawless Solicitors, Russell Crowe, Ridley Scott, John Culshaw, George and Zippy of Rainbow.
1: Liam Neeson, James Joyce, Irish Pub, of course, Hacking Technologies, Cross Line County Mayor, Ireland. And of course, special thanks to Uncle Eamon
0: MacAndrew. The podcast was brought to you by Black Milkshake and was presented by Ray Mack and Yorma Kirko. It was produced and engineered by Jeff Kirk. No animals or copyright were knowingly violated during the making of this broadcast. Black Milkshake 2022 oh. and-